When we say the Bible is the verbally inspired Word of God, what do we mean? Well, let's get back to the Bible itself and see what it means. Paul wrote to Timothy, and this is what he said, 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16. All Scripture is given by inspiration of God. All Scripture is literally God-breathed. The word God-breathed means breathed out by God. Ultimately, Scripture came from God. It may have been written down by Moses, by Amos, by, Elijah, or by Isaiah, by Paul, by James, but behind the human penman, there is the divine author. Now, how he did that is a mystery he doesn't really explain. We're given some description by Peter when he says, Second Peter chapter 1, the end of the chapter, he says that uh, holy men of God spake as they were moved, carried along by, borne along by the Holy Spirit. One example that has been given has been, say, if you had a musician and you set before him a trumpet and a, a trombone and a tuba and a saxophone and you name it, and he plays a tune out of each of them, each of them will have its own distinctive tone. And you'll tell a saxophone from a trumpet, but it's his breath going through. That's only an illustration. It's not by any means a perfect illustration, but it does show you how the same author is using human instruments to produce his written word. So it's God-breathed. That means it's divinely authoritative. That must be defined a little more closely. Verbal inspiration means that God didn't only suggest thoughts. He didn't merely give them drifts regarding some great purposes of his. He actually superintended, guarded, directed in his own inscrutable manner the very words so that he is responsible for the words of Scripture. Inspiration is verbal in that it comes down to the very words. And you'll find that the Scripture itself pays a lot of attention to this. Many times you'll find the argument of Scripture is based on whether we're talking about a singular or a plural form of a word. Paul spoke about the promise to Abraham of his seed. He said, now it's seed, not seeds, plural. And he builds an argument, a very big argument in that. Sometimes it's on the tense of a verb. When the Lord Jesus was speaking to the Sadducees, uh, it's the tense of a verb that forms the basis of a very powerful argument that completely blew the Sadducees and their rationalistic arguments away. So it's right down to the words. When we say it's infallible, we mean it cannot fail. It's truth, and it cannot fail. We say it's inerrant. We're saying it is without error. As God gave the Bible, he gave it without factual, historical error. Sometimes, uh, and we do this in everyday speech, he speaks of things uh, according as they appear to man. We talk about the sun rising and the sun setting. Well, of course, the sun doesn't actually rise and the sun doesn't actually set. 
That is our description uh, of the phenomena that we are viewing. And the Bible will speak of that. In, it's not intended to be uh, precise scientific language in that, but it is nonetheless a true description according as we use language. It is infallible. It is inerrant. It is therefore authoritative. Why? Because we come back to the beginning. It is God-breathed. Jesus himself quoted constantly the scriptures as the inspired and authoritative and final word of God. That is how we must treat the Bible.